Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well, I was planning a slightly different theme for today's show, to be fair. However, I decided that I needed a little bit more thought and research uh, before I share that particular idea with you. Needless to say, if you ever feel all alone in that property bubble of yours, it'll make you feel okay. So watch this space in the next couple of weeks for that one. So instead, I thought I would share with you a list of 10 slightly unusual places to find your next property deal or even an investment partner. This this came about really over a series of conversations with some of the apprentices I had recently. Now, my mantra when when I meet someone at a networking event these days, when I'm asked what I need, is that I only need two things, projects and investment. And that's usually a decent conversation starter and happens to be one on the list that I'm about to share with you right now. So networking meetings is one place, but where are the other nine more unusual places to find property deals and investments, uh, sorry, investors to fund those property deals in? Let's find out. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. Here we go then. Here are just some of the 10, um, or rather 10 of the not so obvious places that I and others have found either property deals or projects and indeed investment partners. Number one then is networking meetings. Okay, so I mentioned this already, so let's get it out of the way. Uh, I mentioned it in the introduction, so there's no surprises there then, is there? But it's true. I have found both projects and investors hiding in plain sight at a networking event. I already mentioned my two-part intro, and in fact, the the last one I went to, the last networking event I went to, I was offered a project as soon as I finished my sentence. Uh, Now, that was a fazenda, or farm, in Brazil, which is not exactly my sweet spot from an investment and development point of view, but it was a great conversation starter, that's for sure. You might also know that by mixing a softer need, such as I'm looking for projects, with a somewhat harder need, investors, that it allows the other party to head in a direction that's most comfortable for them, whilst also placing a clear subliminal message that Richard only needs two things, of course, and they're going to remember what those two things are. And one particular spin here is to think a little laterally. So what does the other party get out of introducing me to either a project or an investor? It kind of depends on on them, really, I suppose. But that's part of the conversational skill, which you can often establish by asking them or asking questions, asking about their challenges, asking about the types of issues that are faced within their inner circle of influence or amongst their clients if if they're a professional uh, person. I'll leave it there for now as uh, this will take us way off topic uh, otherwise. So uh, I'll come back to that maybe another day. So that's the first one, networking meetings. The second one is your professional advisors, or let's just say professional advisors generally. 
So forget butcher, baker, and candlestick maker, and instead think broker, solicitor, and planning consultant as a source of opportunity. Of course, that's not an exhaustive list. For example, think of your accountant or bank manager, if you, if you have one of those, uh, a surveyor, an insurance broker, and so on. But what do most professionals want? Referrals, that's what they want. So offer to refer business to them. And if they do not automatically ask how they could ever repay you, perhaps you could mention that you're on the lookout for your next great project or a private financing partner so that uh, you can help them to realize that reciprocity is one of the social laws. So number two is your professional advisors. Number three, commercial property listings. Now, I'm obviously focusing this as if we're looking for residential property investments. So I'm mentioning commercial property listings. So hands up all of you that look on Rightmove and Zoopla uh, for your property searches, residential property searches. Now, not whilst you're walking the dog or lifting the weights at the gym, of course, because that's going to get you in a bit of trouble. But how many of you look at searches in your area on Rightmove Commercial, for example? Not, of, not as many of you now, is it? And the, the, but there's lots of deals on Rightmove Commercial that are ripe for residential property, the residential property investor. For example, a shop or an office that could be converted into residential. A mixed-use property that offers some advantages over many standard residential buy-to-lets. Or land plots um, or land attached to an existing building that could be developed into a flip or build-to-rent property. In fact, just this morning, I stumbled across three such opportunities while sniffing around Rightmove Commercial. One was for me, and then I just so happened to look in the areas of a couple of people on my apprenticeship, uh, apprenticeship program, and I found one each for them as well. One, one of them is looking for uh, holiday, holiday rentals, and the other one is looking for maybe a quick flip to, uh, to do and put some money in the coffers. And, and I found a couple of potentials. Who, who knows where it's going to go, but there they are. They were just sat there waiting as opportunities. So, so number three, then, of course, is commercial property listings, and there's more than just right-proof commercial, of course. Number four is business, business for sale listings. And did you know that there's a significant business for sale marketplace out there? No doubt you might not fancy the latest no money down franchise or network marketing scheme. But how about businesses that have properties as a part of their balance sheet and operations? Shops, pubs, care homes, hotels and bed and breakfasts, and even struggling professional practices with an office could mean you could get a sniff at a property deal. Think laterally again here. Could you hive off the business from the property? For example, separating the two and just, you know, pass on the business, uh, for example, the customer base to an existing uh, party and keep the property for yourself. Or could you put in a manager or a staff member to manage the business there for you? And, you know, taking, in, you know, if I'm thinking here, for example, with a shop, you could put a manager into the shop and maybe it's got a flat above that you could rent out. You've got two income streams then, haven't you? Equally, um, if, uh, if someone is selling their business, what will they have more of than they did before? Well, of course, it could be time, but it could also be money. And what could they put, potentially put that money you know, to use for? You see, sometimes um, the, the flip of this is that if you, even if you don't fancy some of these, uh, these deals, uh, a property is worth more than the business is to you. So keep an open mind uh, and think laterally, as I mentioned. So the, the business sale uh, listings is number four.
Number five, I'm going to call it planning applications. As you're going to hear, it, it covers a couple of different variations. I've not specifically found a deal this way myself, but I have spotted this quite a few times and I've spoken to a few people who've done it. I guess it works best when you have a particular patch to focus on because then you can do what I'm about to do a lot more focused and concentrated. So if you go to your local authority planning portal and you enter in a postcode area, you can find a list of all planning applications, whether they're declined, approved or lapsed. If you then look for the ones that were approved, say, between one and two years ago, that's one kind of category. And also a second list, which was approved more than three years ago, because most planning, uh, planning applications are given a, a time limit of three years. So if you go for more than three years, then it could be elapsed planning. Then what you can do is check to see if these particular properties were built out according to the pl planning application or not. Of course, with the declined applications, you could probably see, well, maybe I could, you know, why did it decline? You can look at the documents and maybe you could actually resubmit that application and get it overturned. So check these things have been built out, check to see if uh, anything's happened with them. And maybe then you could approach the owner of the property and come to some sort of arrangement. Uh, maybe you could reinstate the planning. Maybe you can even pitch a joint venture or an assisted sale with the property owner as your partner. And then you wouldn't even have to buy the property or finance the property. You get the project and the investor all in one, in other words. Sweet, isn't it? So that's number five, planning applications. Number six is landlord meetings. Now, I'm listing this separately to the general networking event. General networking event is usually business meetings and, and more, more the circuit of uh, professional property investors. Landlord meetings are, you know, the landlord association type meetings. And you will find that the atmosphere and the culture is very different between them. Uh, a lot of landlords are tired and cynical and complaining about, you know, their lot, as it were, and how hard they're getting it from tenants, from the government, from anybody who's going to listen, really, they're going to complain. So why not see if you can help them, you know, to be less so? So, for example, rent to rent or guaranteed rent, lease options and a straight purchase of a tired or unprofitable property project uh, is, is there right in front of you to buy off market. Again, the landlord could become your investment partner or, and provide vendor finance at the same time. So just thinking laterally, having a conversation, seeing where it goes, pitch an idea, what have you got to lose? So landlord meetings is number six. Number seven is uh, rental property listings. So stress that rental property listings, not sales property listings. And this sounds a little bit counterintuitive, I know. But have you ever seen what I like to call a sticky property on Rightmove or Zoopla? You know the ones. They have a, you know, they've been they've been listed since, you know, I don't know where, <laughs> long time, but certainly a period, let's say, exceeding three months. If you've seen a rental listing that's exceeded three months, um, apart from HMOs, which sometimes have just a constant advert for attracting constant people, um, you know, you can guess that that landlord might be starting to become a little bit more motivated the longer time passes when they've got an empty property. And that allows you, of course, to find out who they are and pitch either a purchase or even a more creative rental solution, such as rent to rent or rent to service accommodation uh, in that case, couldn't you? So there we go, the number seven, rental property listings. Number eight, K 
county court judgments and enforcement orders. <laughs> a CCJ is not usually attached to a property specifically, but an enforcement order can be. And this is a, a matter of public record, so the information is freely available. So if you searched through the court records and you found details of a county court judgment, it could actually lead you to a motivated seller and of course, they're going to maybe have a problem. I'm not saying that everyone who's got a 50 pound county court judgment is going to sell you their house for, you know, uh, for a discount. But, you know, you get the idea. It's looking for substantial sums, uh, especially if they've got an enforcement order. An enforcement order basically means at some point someone's going to knock on their door and force them to do whatever it is they're supposed to do. It's going to cost them a lot more money. They could even repossess the property. So that's number eight, um, county court judgments and enforcement orders. Number nine is uh, DIY property listings. Now, probably around about 90% of all properties that are listed for sale, uh, perhaps even more, are available to see on either Rightmove or Zoopla, the, the dominant two portals. You could perhaps add on the market to get this 90, 95%. However, there are also some DIY property listing sites out there, um, which do not automatically show up on the big portals. And also, don't forget, by the way, that um, on the market in particular, they won't allow uh, anybody who advertises on the market can't advertise on both Zoopla and Rightmove as well as on the market. So if you only look at Rightmove, uh, you, you might miss some opportunities that, that are on on the market, as it were. So I would probably look at on the market and, you know, Rightmove and maybe Zoopla. And, you know, you'll, you'll probably between the three, you'll get 90, 95% coverage of the market that you're looking at. But it's not full coverage, that's my point. Bit of a hint here. Gumtree is one place where um, the you know mostly these properties are not advertised on the big portals. So that's you call that a DIY listing. It's not specifically the type of listing I'm thinking about, but there are other low-cost self-listing um, or self-viewing property services out there that you can go and look. And that means there's less competition looking out for those properties as well. Uh, you're more likely to deal with the uh, vendor direct, less likely to deal with an agent, and you can build rapport, you can find out what's going on, you're probably getting the picture. DIY property listings then is number nine. Number 10, clubs and associations. So think sports clubs, social club, political clubs, and other like-minded meeting places, which provide a place where you can go and look for opportunities. Of course, you really go to play football or the gym or, you know, talk about the uh, Brexit or whatever. Um, that's the real reason you're there. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, just don't go heavy handed and start pitching up on property deals when you're not really there for that, that primary purpose. But I've been uh, presented with investor opportunities when attending sport club reunions, for example, just talking about what I do. And then all of a sudden things have come forward. And uh, also visiting other member clubs is another example where that's happened. Remember, though, this is usually a social setting. So the approach needs to be a much more casual one as well. As I mentioned, don't make it too formal. Uh, and you can probably read between the lines that maybe the clubs and uh, associations where uh, maybe it costs a lot more money to be involved, um, perhaps it attracts a little bit more wealth into them as well. So I'll let you, you know, ruminate on that a little bit. So those are the 10, obviously bringing up the last one, clubs and associations, but I've got a bit of a bonus one here. I'm a little bit reluctant to mention it um, as we're a small and cozy community and in truth, we quite like to keep it that way. But my very own property deal service is a great way to find decent return property deals for less than 50p a day. Uh, but don't tell everybody, will you? <laughs> 
there you go then. 10, you know, strictly legitimate, uh, but slightly unusual places where you can go and find both property projects and also potential investment partners as well. The trick here is to not come across as a sleazy salesman. It is to connect with people on a personal level, understand their needs, and then sensibly align what you can offer as a solution in a credible and trustworthy manner. And of course, we're talking about an iceberg effect here. What I'm, what I'm really referring to is the list of 10 is a tip of the iceberg. Everything else, you know, how to actually engage, how to be successful at this is beneath the surface of the iceberg. So knowing where to go is only part of the story. Of course, the rest of it is really the skill set to, to know how to talk to people in those sort of situations, know what questions to ask and so on. Before I leave you this week, though, a couple of, few, a couple of um, short words, if you like. Uh, the first one is not really a promotion, but a thanks uh, regarding my latest book, Hashtag PropTech. I'm delighted to share with you that uh, it reached number one in the charts <laughs> last week and so officially became an Amazon bestseller, which is, you know, both my books are now officially Amazon bestsellers. So I can call myself a twice published Amazon bestselling author. That's quite nice, isn't it, as a, as a business card? Uh, and it was in a specific category this week. So thank you to all of you that bought a copy of the book as you helped to make that happen. And especially to you, Nick, who somehow managed to buy two copies instead of one. You know, I don't know how you did it either, but uh, thank you. Uh, you're also helping to fund our work here at The Property Voice. So uh, you're doing a good thing by doing that too. But if you've not bought a copy of Pro hashtag PropTech or indeed my first book, uh, Property Investor Toolkit, well, you know what you can do, I expect. But as it happens, I have started to work on no less than three book projects now. And uh, one is on property financing. Another is on a kind of best of the sound bites episode from the podcast, which I'm planning to stitch together in a, in a book, in an audible format, actually. And the third is to profile some of the real heavyweights from the property industry who, who would act as role models for us to aspire to. And this, this latter book has really got my juices flowing, in fact. So if you have any suggestions of who could potentially be included in that, I'm talking about major heavyweights here. Um, you know, the top one or two percent who've made, you know, substantial wealth through property, uh, not just people who've, you know, had a good go at things and, you know, achieved a reasonable level. Um, I'm probably including myself in that category. So I'm all ears. Um, and I'm just putting it out there that I will, I will, you know, I'm looking for that sort of recommendation. So by all means, drop me any suggestions. And uh, and if you've got a, a direct in to one of these people in particular, let me know. That'd be perfect. But I'm just putting it out there that I'll publish at least two books again this year. So you can hold me to account on that now, can't you? One last thing. I have now filled two seats on my next uh, TPV or the Property Voice Apprenticeship Program uh, and do have a couple of under other candidates that I'm talking to this week as well. So without any real advertising or promotion, I have to say. So that's gone really well. We will have um, a, an update as well from the current apprentices coming soon, probably in the next week or two. But if you want to discuss the apprenticeship program, maybe for a future intake, then I do suggest you drop me an email or give me a call. Uh, that's exactly what happened with a couple of the people who are on this, this next program. They, they talked to me after the last program and we managed to figure something out uh, well in advance, really. And that's part of the reason why I didn't need to advertise. So get in early, really, is what I'm saying. I can't work with lots of people at the same time. And you know, you know I want to give the apprentices you know, as much value as possible and much uh, time and focus as possible while I'm, while I'm working with them. 
Anyway, that's me done for another week. I will end it there. Uh, don't forget the show notes are available at our website, thepropertyvoice.net, including how you can reach me by telephone, as I just kind of referred to. But if you want to talk about anything from today's show or just talk property investing more generally, you know you can always email me personally, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, and I'd be more than happy to hear from you. One final thing, if you've bought my book, don't forget to leave a review now, will you? That's going to help it get in front of more people and get it spread more widely. So one last thing in the credits there for you to think about. And all I have left to say is thank you very much for listening again this week. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.